It's that time. Welcome to the Time to Man Up podcast. And here's your host, Sean Hess. I want to welcome you to the Time to Man Up podcast. Before we get started today, I want to take the opportunity to uh, share where we are in the process. Uh, We are working toward uh, the release of our Man Up curriculum, a 10-week series for men. Uh, We just completed the filming, the recording of the videos, and now we are working on the editing. And I've got to say that uh, I have proven that you can teach an old dog new tricks because I have had to learn a lot in this process of recording videos, of editing the curriculum, and now we are proceeding forward with the curriculum. And so thank you for you that have been praying for us. Uh, if you're hearing this, please uh, pray for us that the, the editing process will go smoothly and that we can get this curriculum out to men. Uh, our goal would be that even when uh, churches come back in the fall, that they would be able to begin men's ministry with that or have a 10-week series uh, just even over the summer. So we are working really hard to get that done, and we appreciate all of your prayers for us along this process. In the last episode of the Time to Man Up podcast, we began a group of episodes focusing on the importance of taking a stand. The reality that we are dealing with in life today is that it is time for Christians to take a stand. We can no longer afford to remain silent and stand by while the enemy takes ground. God calls us to be in the world not of the world. And that is something that you will hear throughout this series on looking at the importance of standing uh, for God, standing up, standing out. And uh, we need to be able to be living in the world, but not get so close that we become part of the world. This means that the world should see the difference in us. We should not blend in with the world. We should stand out from the world, not in an arrogant way, not in a pompous way, but we stand out from the world because we are different. For instance, the way a believer looks at death is very different from the way a non-believer looks at death because a believer looks at death knowing that there is something better coming, that this is not our home It's a temporary tent, a temporary dwelling place that we live in, but something better is coming where the non-believer does not have that certainty. And so therefore death is darkness and uncertainty. And so we stand out as believers. The way we separate ourselves from the world is by taking a stand for God, standing for what's right in God's eyes. Standing for what is right according to his word. Men, we can't blend in. We cannot be camouflaged Christians who camouflage ourselves so that you cannot tell the difference between who we are and who the world is. It's, for instance, when you go hunting and you wear those bright orange colors, right? So that people can see you. Camouflage is great, but if someone else is shooting, you want them to know exactly where you are. 
So we as believers, we want to put on those orange vests so that we're living in the world, but they can tell that we're different. They can tell who we are. Before we know it, men, we will find that often we have lost our identity because we have blended in so much with the world. We have become just like them. That is why it is time for Christian men to take a stand for what they believe. But before we get too pumped up and ready to take a stand, we need to understand the cost, right? The Bible says we need to consider the cost because we're going to take up our cross and we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow God's plan for our life, but we have to understand the cost because if you do not understand the cost, what is going to happen is that when you take that stand and things get difficult, all of a sudden it will become easy to change course because you won't want to pay that cost. And that cost is just not a cost for you men. That cost can be a cost to the members of your family, to your spouse, to your children, to other members of your family. It can cost you relationships with your friends and with your neighbors. When we stand out all of a sudden, we can become alienated from the world because they don't want anything of who we are or what we're doing. Men standing out can cost you your job. It can cost you money. It can cost you everything. That is why you have to understand the cost before you do it or else you will try to find another way out. We need to understand the right way to take a stand, men. The right way to take a stand. If you take a stand for the right things, if you take a stand at the right time, which then means what? There's a wrong time. There are wrong things. If you take a stand in the right way, which means what? There's a wrong way. If you take a stand for the right reasons, that means there are wrong reasons. But if you are willing to take a stand this way and for these things, it will change the course of your life. And guys, I would like to say that it will change the course of your life for better. But that's not the reality. That is what we would want to hear in a prosperity gospel. But each one of those disciples that chose to stand out, they faced consequences. And those consequences were harsh and difficult consequences. When we stand out, it will change the course of our life, and it will likely change the course of others' lives too. Things are going to change when you take a stand. It won't stay the same. So let me be very clear on this, men. Failure to take a stand also brings change. This means that whatever you choose, life will not remain the same. I want to give you a warning when it comes to taking a stand. Taking a stand the wrong way can be devastating. If you take a stand for the wrong things, as we talked about, right? There are right things and there are wrong things. There's a right time to take a stand and a wrong time. There's a wrong way to take a stand and a right way and there are wrong reasons and right reasons. 
So we have to understand that. And how do we understand what are the right ways and the right reasons and the right things? How do we know that? And that's by studying God's word, spending time in prayer, being in alignment with God so that when those time comes, we are spiritually prepared, spiritually centered, spiritually aligned with God in a way that helps us respond to those things. But if we take a stand in the wrong way, there are going to be consequences. And the cost will be greater than you can ever imagine. You will pay the price as well as those around you. Our environment, men, determines our need to stand. When I go to church, I can put down my guard. Now, there are times where we have to be cautious, but when when we go to church, that's our safe place. I always love so so my kids grew up in the public school and we loved our public school. And uh, our kids had great friendships, great relationships in their school. But what we knew is that when they went to school, they could not put their guard down. And they had to be willing to stand out because it was just a natural thing that took place there. They weren't the same as everybody else in the school. But when they went to youth group, that was a time that they could lower their guard and just relax. And that was great for them. It's the same way for adults. When we go to church, we're there with hopefully like-minded people, there with a like-minded purpose to worship God. And so we are there and we can encourage each other, worship with each other. And we have that that similarity, that singular focus together. It's a safe place where I am with a group of people who love Jesus. But when a believer is living in sin, when their life looks more like the world than like Jesus, men, we have to take a stand. There were times when I would find out in the church that someone was living in sin. And whether it was a spouse that came to me or whether it was a friend or or somebody that would come to me and they would say, such and such is living in sin. We found out about this and we need to do something. Well, what they were saying is not we need to do something. They were saying you need to do something. And the reality of life and confrontation is this. It's easy to spot the problems, but not many people want to confront the problems. But we have to take a stand in the church where we are willing to not just turn the other way and hope that someone else deals with it, hope that it just goes away. Men, we cannot sit quietly while Satan gets a foothold in someone's life. And if they are part of the church, what Satan is doing is he is getting a foothold in the church. We have to take a stand. Was it easy to have men in my office and confront them on situations in their life? Not at all. And often it began with me having a self-evaluation of where my life was so I could be sure that I was where I needed to be with God. Why? Because the attack was going to come. But I could not sit quietly knowing that this was leading to, number one, a, a broken relationship with God, which is the most important. 
But then it was a broken relationship with their spouse, with their children, with other people in their life. And action needed to be taken. There were few men in the church. I'm talking few men that were willing to step up and take that stand with me. Because I always wanted someone else to be there with me, to have my back, to see what happened so that they could be a testimony, a witness of what had happened. But it was so difficult to get other men to step up and to take a stand. Guys, the church is one of the safest environments as a believer. But what about most other environments? I mean, we can confront this sin in the church and we try to help men make right decisions. But then when you step out, all of a sudden that sin kind of disappears because it's just like the environment you're in. They're living that way. The environment is very important. So one environment that we deal with is home, right? We deal with our home. And if you live in a home that has non-believers, then you have a different environment. For myself, I grew up with a Christian family. My mom and dad were Christians. My grandpa and grandmas were Christians. My kids accepted Jesus. We had a pretty safe environment there. And then you have your environment at work. Here's what I can tell you guys is this. So in my lifetime of having various jobs, from starting out as a paper boy delivering papers, uh, but through my various jobs, there were some jobs where I was in a more beneficial environment than others. But what I always found is that where my heart was determined how I responded in those environments. Uh, between my sophomore and junior year, I had a job building pools. And uh, man, it was a laborious job. It was a lot of hours, but it helped me make some good money to help pay for college. But what I found was this, men that when I had that job, it placed me in a very unhealthy environment. And in that environment, my language changed, not for the better, but my language changed, the way I acted, the jokes I told, uh, just did not fit the life of a believer. So what happened is I formed, uh, I morphed into my environment rather than being one that came in and helped change the environment. Guys, even in school and know this, if you go to a Christian school, same issue. There are people in Christian schools that are there because it's a private school. They're not there because they love Jesus and you will find whatever you are looking for. And I don't care whether it's a public school or a private school, Christian school uh, not every environment is fully healthy. And then there's hanging out with your friends. There's sports and there's activities. There are so many environments that we get in that have an impact on our lives. Men, we need to be careful, not only for ourselves, but for our spouse and for our children when it comes to the environments. So there are some environments where we can put our guard down. But for most of us, most of the environments where we live life require us to take a stand, to separate ourselves from the world, to stand out for God. Men, what are you doing to stand out? I was going to do some crazy things and I was going to do my hair nuts and, 
and stuff like that. But then I just didn't feel like it. But I just wanted to uh, show you what it looked like to stand out. I remember in one church that I was a pastor at, I was talking about the change that God brings in our lives and he makes us a new creation. And so I decided, I loved, there was a, a, a movie that I loved and one of the lead characters had like spiked hair that was like blonde on the tips. And so I was like, man, I want to do my hair like that. And so it fit the sermon. So I did my hair and uh, a few weeks later, somebody came up to me and they said, hey, did you know such and such left the church? And and I'm like, well, I knew I hadn't seen her for a while. And they said, yeah, do you know why she left the church? And I'm like, well, clearly I don't because I wasn't sure she left the church. And they were like, your hair offended her. And so she left the church because she didn't like the way you did your hair. And my mind fell as I was thinking this. It's okay for a woman to color her hair any color she wants. And it's okay. And it's a supported. A guy does that. And all of a sudden it's like, what's he doing? Why is he coloring his hair? I loved it. And uh, I think the older we get, you know, people look at us and say, oh, he's just trying to relive his younger days or whatever. But I have always been a guy that wanted to do his hair different. My role as a pastor kept me from doing that. Why? Because my environment that I was in. But when I would go out with friends, I would like to just do crazy things with my hair. Um, so when we look at it, we want to stand out, but we want to stand out for the right reasons, right? We want to stand out for the right reasons. And so men, what are you doing to stand out? So I'm not talking about wearing clothes that make you stand out. I'm not talking about getting that haircut that makes you stand out. I'm not talking about a vehicle that makes you stand out. You know, people are like, oh, look at him. He must have a lot of money because that car is sweet. Look at that. Guys, I'm not talking about living a life that makes you stand out because of how you look or what you have. I'm talking about living your life in a way that just makes you stand out. Because you're following God and you're living according to uh, his guidelines in your life rather than conforming to the world. The example that comes to my mind immediately with this is Daniel. Daniel took a stand and it definitely caused him to stand out. So I want to look a little bit at Daniel and his life uh, in Daniel chapter one. Uh, this stand that Daniel takes could have cost him everything. But it was the stand that he was willing to make no matter what the cost. Why? He had considered the cost and he found them worthy for taking the, the risk, standing out. So Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon and he raids Israel. He destroys Jerusalem. I mean, he gives Israel a beat down and God allowed it. Israel's sinfulness, he said, do you really think that you can live this way? Guys, this is just evidence in this way. So many guys think they can just live in sin and do what they want to do and, and, and that in the end, God will still love them and take them to be with him. But there are consequences. God disciplines those whom he loves. And so he's disciplining Israel by sending them into captivity. Uh, he could have, have struck Babylon down defeated King Nebuchadnezzar and shown 
his authority, his might. But instead, he allowed them to experience defeat. He allowed them to be taken captive. So King Neb humiliates the people of Israel. Guys, he burns down the temple. I mean, he is like destroying everything. And then he puts items from the house of God in the treasury of the house of his God. That is humiliating. It is defeating. King Nebuchadnezzar was an evil king, but he wasn't a dumb king. He commands his people to bring the Israelites to him. He is going to take the smartest young people and train them in the ways of the Babylonians. He's going to teach them their literature and their language, and he is going to bring them into his own people, right? He wanted them to speak Babylonians, like, like Babylonians spoke. He wanted them to think like Babylonians think. He wanted them to act like Babylonians act. And what he is doing is he is trying to bring them into his ways, indoctrinating them into his ways. And it, it shouldn't take you long, men, to realize this. That's exactly what Satan does. That's exactly what Satan does. Now, I just had this like flashback just right now. Um, if you're in my age, you remember this. Well, isn't that special? Everybody saw the church lady on Saturday Night Live do her little dance. Dana Carvey was hilarious with the church lady. That was one of my favorite things. And so I would go around and say, Satan, isn't that special? And, and, and I, the church lady, man, just made me laugh so much. But the reality is that was like kind of like, like that squirrel moment, right? But we're, we're talking about that Satan comes in and he gets control. And we can have a laugh at the church lady and responding to Satan. But what we need to do is this. We need to guard against Satan in our lives. These young men, specifically Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were kind of leading the way. But these young men would be trained for three years. And during that time, they would be given the best the king had to offer. I mean, they are getting the best of everything. Daniel 1.5 says this, The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Did you hear that? After three years, these young men we're going to stand before the king. So what does that mean, guys? There is a time coming where they will have the opportunity to take a stand. So everything that they are doing for these next three years is leading to that moment. There will come a time in your life when you will be called to stand. And the question is, will you be ready when that time comes. The question for Daniel and the others is how they would stand. And that is the same question that is true for us. When you are called to stand, how will you stand? The way that we need to stand is that we need to stand out. Daniel is likely 12 to 15 years of age at this time. Can you imagine that guys? 
being taken captive at the age of 12 to 15. He has been taken out of his country. He has been taken away from everything that is familiar to him, from his family. He's 1,000 miles away from his home, and he has been stripped of his identity, right? All of these Israelite boys, these young men, have been given Babylonian names, and that was part of the king indoctrinating them into their ways. And the king provides them the same food he ate, the same drink that he drank. But there's one problem. The food and the drink that they were being given had been dedicated to pagan gods. And the Bible had told them that they should have no gods other than Yahweh, their God. So they're put in a situation where they have to decide, are we going to take a stand for this? Men, you have to decide. What is worth taking a stand for? God presents Daniel with this opportunity to take a stand, a stand that is going to cause him to what? Stand out. A stand that will cause him to stand out and possibly could cost his life. So we have to choose to stand out for God. In the same way that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these other young Israelite men had to choose to stand out. Standing out for God is a choice that we have to make before we are ever put in a situation where it is required. Making a choice to stand out, men, helps us before the heat is on, before the battle is a full war, It helps us to make that decision to stand out before the opportunity even comes. That way, when the opportunity does come, we will be faithful to stand out. Man, I want to live my life purpose to stand out for God. I don't want to camouflage into the world. I want people, when they trip over me, I don't want them to say, oh, I didn't see you there. I want them to know I'm there, not because of what I wear, not because of the possessions I have, the house I have, the car I have, the money I have. I want them to know I'm there because the way I live points people to Jesus. Guys, that's exactly what Daniel did. He lived his life in a way that pointed people to God. Daniel 1.8 says this, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Guys, there is a word in that passage. It says, but Daniel resolved. Daniel made a decision to not do this, to stand up, to take a stand, to stand out from everybody else. In life, it is better for you to have already made a choice to stand out rather than waiting until that moment when it is needed. Standing out is a result of who we are in God. When you stand out, men, it is an extension of who you already are in Jesus. I want to challenge you men to stand out for God. If you live your life in a way that shows Jesus, even when life is difficult, it will not be a surprise when you stand out for him. If your life is no different than the world, your stand will fail to point people to God. 
Matter of fact, people probably won't even notice your stand because you become so camouflaged in the world that they don't even see it. The way that Daniel had conducted himself in captivity showed God. They saw there was something different in him. Men, I want people to see that there is something different in you. Different in you as a dad, as a husband, as an employee, as a member of your church. Daniel's stand was not expected because that is how he had, or I should say it was expected because the way he lived his life since day one of his captivity. You can't live like the world and then choose to stand out when it suits you best. Standing out, men, is always an extension of who you are. And we need to remember that. Guys, standing out should be done in a way that glorifies God. We're not standing out just to be different. We're not standing out God, standing out just to stand out. We're standing out to point people to God. There are those who stand out in a manner that only brings attention to themselves. I mean, right, we see in sports all of the time that there are people that do things, celebrate things in a way that all it does is bring attention to themselves. There are people that make a bunch of noise, but they accomplish very little for the glory of God. How we stand out is very important. Daniel stood out in a way that pointed people to God. Daniel puts the results in the hands of God when he responds to the eunuch in this way in Daniel 1 verses 12 to 13. He says, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. Daniel is making a stand for God and he is saying this, test us for 10 days, test us. Now, the eunuch is going to take a risk here, right? Because if this doesn't go well, he's going to have to answer to the king. And King Nebuchadnezzar has already proven himself to not be the greatest guy. And the eunuch is going to face strong consequences if this doesn't go well. Man, I'm just going to say this right now to you. I am so glad I was not there with Daniel in Babylon. Because that request to eat vegetables instead of steak and wine, but vegetables and water, okay, I'm just telling you this, those are probably two of my least favorite things. Uh, my wife drinks water all the time. She's amazing. I can't stand drinking water. I drink water because you're supposed to drink it, but usually I I'm putting like, tea in it or making lemonade. That's my, that's my water intake because just drinking straight old water, unless I've been out working hard or playing sports or something that just doesn't do it for me. And vegetables, I mean, I'm telling you this, when I was growing up, my mom made vegetables all the time and we didn't have an option. They would be like, do you want some vegetables? And we'd be like, no. And they're like, well, you're having some. And they would put that spoonful on there and say, you got to eat that spoonful. And man, I would like do everything I could. I'm telling you, when I had green beans, I would mix it with the mashed potatoes because I just had to do something 
to be able to get that stuff down. But but eating vegetables, no way. I remember I was preaching a sermon one time, and and I was talking about that I really don't eat many vegetables, and corn is one of the vegetables I ate. And quickly, a lady beelined to me after my message and said, corn is not a vegetable. It is a starch. And I'm like, okay, take the one vegetable away from me that I actually will eat and don't call it a vegetable. But when we think about that, I can't believe that I'm the only guy that would think that way, right? I'm sure some of you would be like, do I really believe this so much that I'm willing to stand out and eat vegetables and drink water every day? I mean, I would be like, you know, is there some pill we can take that's the same thing? <laughs> I would have had to think long and hard about taking a stand. Daniel is putting his God up against the Babylonian God. And the chief eunuch agrees to the test. It says, so he listened to them in this matter and he tested them for 10 days. And what happens? God provides the results necessary to bring himself glory. In Daniel 1.15, it says, at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youth who ate the king's food. Now, you know what this means, right? My brothers, this means that, that everybody there that was eating the king's portion all of a sudden, now they are going to be made to eat vegetables and drink water instead of steak <laughs> and wine. And I'm thinking to myself, there must have been a lot of guys that weren't feeling the vibe that Daniel brought. I mean, I know God is showing himself greater than the Babylonian gods. I get that. Daniel was willing to stand out for God, but with that comes a cost. Now, ultimately, I hope that I would have been willing to make the cost and ate my vegetables and drank my water and said, all for one and one for all, let's do this thing. But how do you stand out for God? You must always be asking yourself if the way you stand out brings glory to God or does it bring attention to yourself? There are some Christians who stand out in a way that makes them look, sorry, but like jerks. And not just to the world, but to other Christians. And people are like, you know, that really doesn't help your testimony. That's because there is a right way to stand out for God and a wrong way to stand out for God. What determines what is right and what is wrong is this. Does what you are doing to stand out glorify God? Do we point people to God because the way that we are standing out? And another thing that we have to understand, men, is that standing out and the way that we do it can encourage others to stand too. Standing out in the wrong way seldom encourages other people to stand out, right? They're like, I do not want to be like that guy. That guy is making a fool of himself. Look at him. I am not going to do that. I loved when I went on a trip with Samaritan's Purse and, and uh, we were working on repairing homes and helping uh, from hurricane damage down in Florida. And, uh, we all had our orange shirts that we wore. Now I'm very uh, partial toward orange. I love orange. And, 
and that we had our orange shirts and we stood out. And when we came into communities, people knew that we were different. We were there to help. We weren't there to take advantage. We weren't there to get anything. We were just there to serve people. And that is the way that we want to stand out. But there are also people in the Christian circles that stand out for all of the wrong reasons. And it is not something that points people to Jesus. And it is not people, it is not something that glorifies God. But standing out in the right way encourages others to stand with you. Sometimes they may make the choice to stand out, and sometimes it pushes them to stand out, right? Sometimes they make that decision, I'm going to stand out. And sometimes God just says, you know what? Whether you like it or not, you are going to stand out. Now, why, why, what, what do we mean by that? There were a lot of guys that ate the vegetables and drank the water that probably did not want that, but they were forced to what? Stand out. And they did that. Men, we should have no problem with making the compromise to stand out, with making the sacrifice to stand out. All of a sudden, when after 10 days things are going great, it caused others to stand as a result of Daniel and the other men taking a stand for God and God working it out. Guys, what message are you sending? Some of you faithfully stand out for God. I mean, you are faithful to do it. Some of you want to, but continue to deal with the frustration of failure after failure after failure to stand out. Some of you want nothing to do with standing out. You are just pleased with, with being camouflaged in the world. You want nothing to do with it. You have become very comfortable with eating the meat and drinking the wine of the king. The last thing you want is vegetables and water. Men, think about this. What message do you want to send to your children or others who are watching? Do you want to send a message of spiritual compromise, of backing down, of not being willing to stand out? Or do you want to send a message of standing out for God even when it is difficult? You are the only one that can make that decision for yourself. No one can do that for you. But standing out encourages others to do the same. Guys, here's something that I know the instant I say this, there are going to be some of you that refute it. Have at it. Standing out for God is always a win. Standing out for God is always a win. I did not say that it was easy. I did not say that there wouldn't be difficulties along the way. And so how is it a win when someone stands out for God and it costs them their life? I mean, literally, they stand out for God and they die because of it. Some of you already know the answer, so you're not even going to ask the question while others are like, yeah, what if we die? What if we stand up for God and things don't go well? Every time you stand out for God, it is a win, no matter what the consequences are. Even if your stand results in losing your life, it is a win.
Why? Philippians 1, 21. For me to live is Christ. And so if I'm standing out for God, to live is Christ. But then you know the rest of that verse for most of you, to die is gain. So I win no matter what. Either I'm living like Christ and I'm standing out for God or I'm dying and that's gain. Guys, here's what separates us. The world doesn't get that. They do not see how death is gain. To them, death is loss. They lose everything when they die or they create things that they can come back in a different form or whatever as if they can actually gain something. No, that's not true. To be absent from the body is present with the Lord for a believer. But for those that die and do not know Jesus, the consequence is eternity in hell. So what are we willing to stand for, man? Daniel's willingness to stand out for God had consequences. There were likely a group of captives that did not like having to eat vegetables and drink water, and they probably talked about Daniel behind his back. But there were others who grew stronger, and their stand became stronger as a result. Who knows? They might have even grown to like vegetables and water. <laughs> who am I kidding? Nobody would end up liking vegetables because of that. I remember there were kids in my youth group that their parents never made them eat vegetables. I mean, never. And they loved vegetables. I mean, they would scarf down vegetables. I'm like, is that reverse psychology, right? You know, oh, you don't want to eat these. They're no good. And then all of a sudden the kids are wanting to eat them. Maybe that's what my parents should have tried with me. But even growing up with my kids, I'm like, what am I going to do? Because, yeah, we can all agree that eating vegetables is good. And you can't tell your kids to do something that you're not willing to do. And my wife was so great about that. But I had to suck it up sometimes and force myself to eat some things I did not want. But I want you to listen what happens to the four teens. That's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, they're kind of leading this push. It says in Daniel 1.17, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. God gives them some special knowledge, some abilities that the others don't have. They are standing out from the rest of the captives. And then in verses 18 to 19, it says, at the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore, they stood before the king. They stand. The time comes, and because they have stood out, they were able to stand, and God exalted them above all the others. He also exalted them above all the Babylonians, which is amazing. In verse 20, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and encanters that were in his kingdom. I mean, they blew the Babylonians away. God says, you may change their name, King Nebuchadnezzar, but they are still mine. 
and he uses them because they were willing to stand out. And when you are willing to stand out, it is always a win. However, it does not mean that we will always understand the results of our stand. The results may not always feel like a win. Throughout time, there have always been moments when Christians needed to take a stand for God. Let me be clear that God does not need us, but he gives us opportunities to stand out for him and to bring him glory. Throughout the history of our country, there have always been times when Christians needed to take a stand. Men, we are living in one of those times now, a time when Christians need to take a stand and stand out for God. It's time for us to stop hiding in the shadows. It's time for us to stop walking with the world, camouflaging ourselves within the world so that they don't even see a difference in us. Instead, men, it's time for us to stand out from the world and to begin standing out for God, pointing people to God, standing out for him in a way that gives him glory, not to bring attention to ourselves, not to say, hey, look at me, but to point people to him. And so what we see, men, when God calls us to stand out. We see that it requires resolve, right? We have to make a decision before that opportunity even comes that we resolve in our life that we are going to stand out for God. It takes consistency. Your life needs to demonstrate it from point A to point B. We need to be living a consistent life so that it doesn't surprise people when we stand out. The purpose of doing it is to glorify God. The purpose of doing it is to encourage others. And when we stand out, we need to claim the win. Men, it's time to take a stand. It's time to man up. I hope this episode has challenged you to stand out for God. Perhaps it's in your job. Perhaps it's in your family, in your neighborhood. Men, we have to be willing to take a stand. Perhaps it's even in your church. It is amazing the things that people will allow to take place in the church where they are not willing to take a stand. And to be honest, many people in the church are taking stands for things that do not even matter, while other things they just let go right by. We need men who are willing to take a stand for God to stop living camouflaged in the world and to step out and put on that bright orange vest that says, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. That's what we need to proclaim. That's what we need to stand out for. Guys, please take time to like, subscribe, share, to get the word out concerning the Time to Man Up podcast. We need to get the word out to share it because you can see it on YouTube, on Spotify, and there are many other uh, platforms that you can listen to the Time to Man Up podcast. But let's just help me get the word out. Continue to pray for us as we have the Man Up curriculum that we're working on the editing now. It would be awesome if we could have this out by May. Uh, we hope that that's a possibility now that we're kind of getting toward the home stretch. Uh, you can also support uh, this ministry financially as we work uh, to provide men 
with a podcast that challenges them, a podcast that encourages them and builds them up, a podcast that pushes them to be the men that God has called them to be, and also to develop curriculum that can help strengthen men's ministries in the church. And you can support us either by going to whatever platform you listen on and click on via Anchor, and you can give monthly to that, either $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. And we appreciate any way that you can help us as we try to get the word out. Another way that you can give is by going to www.time2manup.com. That's time, remember, number two. And you can donate through our website. And we appreciate any support you can give us, guys. But what's mostly important is we want to begin to get the word out, guys. That we can help men become the men that God desires them to be. And in the coming episodes of Time to Man Up podcast, we will continue to take a look at the importance of taking a stand for God. Today, that stand was standing out, not being camouflaged, but standing out, being different in a way that isn't odd, but in a way that points people to Jesus. The need is becoming more and more urgent for men for believers to take a stand and to stand out. When that opportunity comes, will you be willing to stand out for God? Men, it's time. It's time to take a stand. It's time to man up.